And I had an experience yesterday in the woods. My wife hates when I tell hunting stories. She does not like hunting stories put into a sermon. And several others in the congregation, I know they, they don't like to hear a lot of hunting stories. So this is not really about the hunting part of it. But I'm not just lucky. You know, people always say, you know, if you harvest a lot of animals, people always say, man, you're so lucky. And, and, and my response has changed to them. And I, and I respond, has it ever occurred to you that maybe it's not luck? Has it ever occurred to you that maybe I'm a good hunter and not a lucky hunter? I mean, come on. I mean, lucky happens to bring you, you know, the, what you're looking for a few times. But when you're consistent, it's not luck. It's because I'm good at what I do. I'm not just bragging. I, I'm a good hunter. And the reason I am is because I've been doing it for a long time. And the other reason is, is because I have become very disciplined in what I do. I know, but you've got you to work that discipline word in somehow. It kind of takes the sting out of it, but, it, but it's really all about discipline. So here's your hunting lesson for today. When I, when I get in a tree stand, I make up my mind when I get in that tree stand what time I am going to get out of that tree stand. See, most of you have problem hunters. I'm talking to you. Most of them have a problem of sitting there with patience. Oh, now we've got two good ones. Discipline and patience in the, same, in the same thing. A lot of people have a lack of patience, so they get bored or antsy, or they're not seeing what they're looking for, so they decide to get down and go look for it. And they throw discipline out the window, no discipline, get down and walk around. And very seldom do you find what you're looking for when you're just wandering around. So I've purposed in my hunting adventures that I set me a time and I will not get down until that time hits on my watch. That is discipline. It has nothing to do with what time the animal's going to move. That has nothing to do with God's going to bring them at that particular time. That is the discipline that I set before me so that when things are not going the way that I wish they were, I still sit there and maintain what I purposed out to do that morning. Yesterday I was in the woods and I purposed to sit there till 11 o'clock because I got there a little bit later. And, you know, at, at 10.40, I begin to think, you're not going to see anything at 10.40, you know. And that's where it, discipline has to kick in. And at 10.46, I'm like, go ahead and get down. And at, at 10.57, I said, okay, it's time that you can start taking off your safety belt. And when I stood up at 10.57 to take off my safety belt, I looked, and here comes four deer walking right down the ridge toward me. Now, I chose not to harvest one of them. And that has nothing to do with anything about the time. Discipline was, I was going to sit there till 11, and at 10.57, what I was looking for came. Discipline has to be something that you get put into your life, because what you're expecting doesn't always come when you're wanting it to. Amen? So the walk in this Christian walk of putting some discipline into your life, one of those key factors that we don't seem to have as much now as they used to have in the generation before us. I'm sorry, but discipline in this Christian walk, because we like instant. How many of us are like instant? And a lot of times, because we don't see the thing we're looking for, we get so discouraged and so down and out, we just start wandering around, walking about, looking for anything. Another word. Another answer. Another hope. Another fix. And I'm, I'm preaching this hard, I believe people want to fix, but very few people want help. Yeah, I didn't come to make you feel good this morning. 
I think people want a fix. Very few people are really looking for help. When you get to the place in your walk, in that narrow way that you're looking for that answer, and you get where you really want help, you are willing to lay your will completely down. And you're willing to listen to what somebody else has to say concerning that situation. Very few of us are willing to lay our will down. Come on. How many like for somebody to tell you what to do? And how many? It's a small percentage of us actually laying down completely our will and following the steps that somebody else gets, gives us because we want a fix and not help. Amen. There's help in the Word of God this morning. If you have your Bibles this morning, I'd like for you to turn to Mark chapter 11. Something that I've had for, for, for a good while. Uh, I'll go ahead and read that verse to you. If you're there, say amen. If you're not, you'll be looking for it while I'm reading it. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Now, we've preached that scripture so many times, and, and, and how many has a mountain that you're facing? Three of us. Okay, I'm, I'm, oh, okay. Mountains in our life that we face, we have took that, that tag of a mountain as being something that's, that's huge, it's an obstacle that's set before us, and it's something that we can't overcome, and we, you know, we've marched around the mountain, we've talked to the mountain, we've spoken to the mountain. Some of us have camped out at the mountain, some of us have just made a the mountain, the statue before us. But we all have mountains that we face, and I promise you that when you overcome the mountain that's before you, you're going to have another mountain that's going to face you the next day. Mountains don't go away. But what we've done when we look at the Scripture of if you speak to this mountain, and, and we've got this attitude in us of speaking to this mountain, and praying to this mountain, and calling this mountain down, and every bit of our attention has come to the mountain that is set before us. Those of us that are facing an obstacle that we wish to God would be gone have put so much of our energy into that mountain and we think that the prize is that mountain being gone. And I was reading this yesterday again and I'm thinking, he said, whosoever shall speak to this mountain, it be thou removed and cast in sea, it shall be done. But that's not really the key that we're looking for in our walk with the Lord is to get rid of one mountain. What he goes on to say is, if you believe and you don't doubt, this mountain shall be moved. But the key is, after the mountain's gone, you shall have whatsoever you say. The key is not just to move a mountain. The key is to get to the place that you're walking with the Spirit of the Lord so that the things that you say shall come to pass. One prophet, the Bible says, everything he spoke come to pass. How many would like to see just 50% of the stuff that you're saying come to pass? 25% of the prayers you're praying come to pass. The key that we're looking for this morning is not just to get rid of our mountain. I believe that there are mountains that we face that God has already put the ability in us to overcome. Not just move it, climb it. Come on, there's some of us that the thing that we're facing this morning that we have a challenge with day after day after day after day, and we're, we're begging and we get in our prayer groups and we say, pray that this mountain be moved. We have the ability in us to climb right over it. The, the reason the enemy keeps our focus on that mountain is because once we move that mountain, 
Whatsoever then we ask shall be done. Now that one obstacle, just think in your mind this morning, because everybody has something. You ever, everybody has something. Some of you, it's finances. Anybody got a financial strain on you? Good Lord, in this recession, most of us have a financial strain. So then we get our focus on that financial strain, that mountain that's before us, and we look at it, we wake up it with it every day, we face it every week, we face it every month when the bills come in, we have that mountain. Some of us have a trouble in our marriage. Come on, anybody ever had a problem in your marriage? Some of you's lying. <laughs> yeah. If you've been married over uh, two days, you've had a couple things that rose up that you had to deal with. Anybody got kids, children? You ever had a problem with one of them? Dear Lord, help us. And so we, we, we get focused on our thing, our pet, our thing, our, we want to, and we'll spend 20 years, Chris, working on the same thing. Day in, day out. Day in, day out. And Jesus says, you know, if you've got faith, everybody say faith. If you've got faith, you can speak to this thing and it'll be moved. And when it's moved, then you're going to be able to ask whatsoever you will. Now, some reason that we don't get prayers answered is because we ain't got enough faith. Because the thing that we've been trying to get moved is not moved. And let me tell you this morning, some of us, that thing is not going to move. Because we're looking for that thing to move in the natural. We are waiting in the natural. We are not living in the spiritual. And we're waiting in the natural to see that thing move. If I've got trouble, Pastor Todd, come, come up here and help me just a minute. Now, it, if, he's a, if he's, a, he's just a man, he's a big man. Turn, turn, turn this way toward me. How many believes he's a big guy? I'm a little guy. And if I go up to the big guy and I push him, he, he'd probably take it once, twice, you know. But, you know, how many knows that if, if, if my attitude changes and I start pushing, I mean really pushing him and pressuring him. Now, he's trying to be nice because he's here in front of you and he's trying to be spiritual, super Christian, turning the other cheek. But how many knows that in the real life, if I, if I push long enough and start really irritating, he's going to get mad. In a minute, I, I couldn't make him mad this morning. He didn't know I was going to do this, but I promise you, I could make him very angry. It, it, it's irritating. It's like that, that one that just won't quit and starts pushing. And finally, he gets irritated enough. Finally, he's going to take a stance. I, I would make him mad. In Christ, you are more than an overcomer. In Christ, there is nothing that will come against you that you cannot overcome. In the blood of Jesus, there's nothing that the enemy has that can defeat you. There's nothing to fear but fear itself. I, sometimes I have a real problem with that. I'm like, you ain't faced some of the things that I've, I've faced. I was in the... There's a hunting story, can't tell that one. But if, if 15 coyotes are howling and running towards you in the dark and you have nothing but a bow in your hand, that's not fun. Perfect love casteth out all fear. Super Christian, and if you're in Christ, you are a super Christian. There's nothing that the enemy has that can destroy you. 
But we allow the enemy, when we stand there on that day, we're going to say, that is the thing that held us back. That is the thing that hindered the nations. Him, that. We have that power now. But instead of taking a stance, we continually get pushed by the same thing over and over and over and over. You can, you can say it. And then what happens is, we have a lack of faith. Once you have a lack of faith, and your faith is not stirred, the things that you're praying for aren't coming around to pass. Jesus said, if you speak to this mountain, be thou removed, it shall be cast into the sea. Period. We're waiting in the natural to see the manifestation of the thing that we're praying to be moved. And because we're not yet seeing it in the natural, we still wrestle with it day after day after day after day after day instead of moving on and say, it is already done. How many knows if, if you're thrown in prison, Paul and Silas in the jail at midnight hour, we'd call that a mountain. Bible says they prayed and began to sing praises and all of a sudden when they did the earth began to shake listen my wife is facing some things at some points in her life that she gets them settled in the spirit that are not manifest in the natural come on settled that mountain has already moved this mountain moving mentality is killing us because we're waiting for that manifestation and we can't move on. This morning, those things that you're facing, I, I, I told someone this morning, we, we were talking about some situations. I'm not a big New Year's resolution kind of guy. I'm not, uh, it's New Year's come, I'm going to have a new year. Why not today, make today the first day of the rest of your life and take authority over some things that are hindering you? Come on, thank you for that. Why not make today, why not today decide that the thing that I've wrestled with for so long, you could write it down this morning, what you've wrestled with for so long, I have wrestled with this for so long, I'm tired of playing and running around this mountain. And David and them were camped out in a hole in a mountain. And the Bible says that David encouraged himself in the Lord. There's a lack of self-encouragement in the house of the Lord. People aren't encouraging themselves anymore. People don't encourage themselves and say, God's done brought me through a storm. Has God, has God done anything for anybody? Really done something? I mean, really, you've seen God move. Remember that moment. Come on. Remember the moment that God healed your child. Come on. Remember when God took that sick baby and healed it. Remember when you didn't know how you were going to pay that bill, and God stepped in, and somebody knocked on your door, and they brought you that begin to remember the things that God has already done. If we can get our focus just for a moment off of that mountain that we're running around and camping around and building fires unto and start focusing on that which God hath already done. He's already delivered me from the lion. He's already delivered me from the bear. And He shall deliver me from this giant that I'm facing today. If I can get somebody this morning to get their eyes off of that thing and turn and look back. We're supposed to forget those. That's what's wrong. You've forgotten the things that God has already done. You won't leave that campground you've got at the base of that mountain. Listen, God may not move that mountain for you. Come on. God may not move that mountain for you. 
in the last two weeks, I've had conversations with five families that, that one situation has completely destroyed the life they were living. Did you know that one situation this morning can completely destroy what you're living? Wow, that's encouraging. Wow. Tomorrow could be completely different than today is. In a moment, bam! In a moment, things could change completely. We're camping out. We're not looking ahead. We're waiting for a manifestation in the physical. It may not come what you're expecting. But I believe that God has equipped us. You know that put hinds feet on high places? Some of you have got the ability in you not to walk around the base of that thing anymore. Some of you have got the ability in you. Your feet would be so sure-footed on the cliff of, cliff of that rock that you could climb right over it and be gone tomorrow moving on. Somebody say, it's time to move on. Why do you tell us to say that to each other? Just say it again. It's time to move on. So you start getting inside yourself. Because see, well, I could stir you up this morning. I mean, you can stir people up. Sometimes praise and worship, and then sometimes you just got to pet people up. Why? Because we're so just dragging along, and we're not focused, and we're not in there, and sometimes you just bring people in. I was in the Spirit on the Lord's Day. Praise God, sometimes I ask myself that this morning, what's it take to get in the Spirit on the Lord's Day? Pressing in. How do you press in? You really got to take your mind. You got to take your thoughts. You got to say, what am I singing? And when you begin to think about it, what am I singing? What has the Lord already done for me? What has He done for me? You ought to go home and make you a list. Jesus. I just come from the Lord. Somebody ought to go home, sit down with a piece of paper, and begin to make a list. I was there when they said I was going to die. But I am alive today. I was there when they said my body would not overcome. But it's healed today. Oh! Jesus, I was there when my child was sick and dying, but now he has grown into a full-grown man. Jesus, I was there when they said I must have to file bankruptcy. I didn't file bankruptcy, and I am financially blessed today. I promise you, if he done it once, come on, if he done it once, he can do it again. There are many mountains that we're facing. We can't make a camp at the base of the mountain. You don't know what I'm facing. Listen, we're all facing stuff. We're all growing older. Anybody feel a little older today? I mean, we're all... Oh, you're raising your hands over here. Your response over here and can't get nobody over here to lift their hand. We're all getting older. Things don't function like they, like they did. They don't work like they do. We weighing, sagging, bagging, all that stuff. Life changes. Ain't nothing we can do about that except some. I told my wife I want some oil or bolay or whichever one would take the wrinkles away. If it works on a woman, it ought to help a man a little bit. Life proceeds to go on. Life will change. We're not changing spiritually. We're standing, camping, looking, complaining, afraid of a mountain. I'm like these people that, that I've spoke with it. Situation completely changed your life. A lot of them were in midlife crisis. It happens to women, men. It happens to everybody. You get to a point in your life, is this all life has to offer? 
I think I think what happens is spiritually, spiritually sometimes we run into a midlife crisis. My help is here. I think spiritually sometimes we run into a midlife crisis and we've been walking with the Lord and it's been the same walk, same old, oh, help me Jesus, same old stuff. I go to church on Sunday morning. I go to church on Wednesday night. I sing the praise and worship songs. I think, Lord, help me. I think that if, 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 if this is true, and it is, that we should be growing. Yeah. Growing. Not the same as I was five years ago. How many has been serving the Lord for 15, 20 years? He said that time is... You ought to be teachers instead of those that still need to drink milk. Come on. Well, how do you cast this out? But this kind of only come by much prayer and fasting? You mean that the things that they did that I could possibly do and I don't have to wait for somebody big? Woo! TV big. Big name, big name, big name. You mean I, Christian, could do that? Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. If this works for the big name, it works for the little name, it works for the no name. Come on, Calvin. This works. I think we run into this midlife crisis in our spiritual walk and we quit pressing on. And what happens when someone has a midlife crisis in the physical, the natural, they quit. They give up. They become so undisciplined. They have no discipline in their life and they just throw it all into the wind and go off on some tangent that leaves them stranded on some desert island somewhere wishing they'd never done that. Spiritually, we walk, we walk, we walk. I'm praying nothing gets happened. No answers ever come. The people I pray for still get sick. They still die. Nothing happens. So we start going through these motions. God, I wish somebody in here would get a little faith. I wish somebody would have a little faith when they lay hands on somebody that says that situation is going to change. That thing is going to not happen. That thing's not going to accomplish what the enemy set it out to do. And faith would rise up in you and that you would actually believe when you laid hands on somebody, you didn't have to knock them down. Come on. power of God was going to hit them like a lightning bolt. That's good stuff. Midlife crisis. My spiritual walk. There's some giants in the house. There's some giants, spiritual giants, just waiting anticipating had a dream hmm. some people that had a dream that by this time in your spiritual walk you were going to see miracles there's some people that actually you actually believe you would prophesy and it would come to pass oh I'm talking to somebody now you believe that you would stand and sing and you would sing a new song in the spirit and the anointing would fall and people would be healed You believe that the visions and dreams that you had, that you would speak them and they would come to pass. You believe that God would give you dreams that would shock the leaders of the nation when you share those dreams. Come on. It's absolutely what people in their walk with the Lord think when they're on fire and they're pressing in and they're growing. Listen, God can't, God can't trust us with everything that He has with us at every point in our life. He can't give a new Christian... It's in that walk, that disciplined walk, and He gives us 
divisions and bits and pieces. We're camped out in a mountain. We're facing a problem. We're facing a challenge. And we're young Christians, and we don't believe that thing's going to overcome us. We believe it's going to move one day. We're believing that the things God's putting in our spirit, oh, dear Lord, it's going to come to pass. We believe that God give us a promise. We believe we're going to preach to the nations. We believe we're going to sing songs that's going to set the captive free. We believe we're going to prophesy. We believe we're going to lay hands on the sick. The deaf shall hear, the blind shall see, the lame shall get up and walk. We believe those things. We're camped in a mountain. God is putting that in us day after day after day after day. God's building block upon block, piece upon piece, until the day He brings that to fullness. And we still have this thing, and all of a sudden, midlife crisis, somewhere in the middle of it, we take our focus off of what we're hearing from God, and we put it on that thing, we say, God, when? When? When shall this thing move? And we have a midlife crisis in our spiritual walk with the Lord, and we settle into coming in and setting our rear ends on chairs, camping out on a chair, oh, barely pressing in. Come on. Everybody stand up on your feet this minute. Barely pressing in. You stand. I gotta stand up. You might as well stand up for a minute. You're getting too comfortable there. You're getting too comfortable in that in that place, in that seat, in that in that thing. Everybody, everybody just loosen up just a little bit. Come on. I think you ought to have one of those breaks in every sermon. I don't. Seriously. Get too comfortable in that thing. Get too comfortable in our coming to church. Get too comfortable in our Christian walk. My daughter, let me tell you what my daughter done. Did I plan on this? No. They were sitting around a campfire three or four weeks ago. And they were planning on coming to church. You know, she's bringing some people to church and planning on coming to church. And they said, now if we sit out here around this fire, there ain't no way we're going to be able to get up and go to church in the morning. But she just gets up without saying anything, goes in the house, fills up a bucket of water, goes out. Pours a bucket of water on the fire, as I understand, puts out the fire. Oh, now, how spiritual is that? I mean, come on. You got people needing to go to the house of the Lord. Got a problem? Dear Lord, let the four winds blow from the corners of the earth and blow out this fire. Oh, God, bring the rain. <laughs> well, no, go get a bucket of water. Go out there, everybody back up, this is going to smoke. They didn't know what she was doing. Pour the water on the fire and the fire goes out. Now our excuse is gone, I'll see you all at church in the morning. Hallelujah. Come on, you can sit down if you want to. It ain't always got to be all that spiritual. It ain't always got to be that spiritual. I always want to preach when the, when the praise and worship is incredible. I mean, when the anointing is there. I'm like, everybody get out of the way. I still tithe later. You know, and, and I believe it was E.L. Terry said he never wanted to take it at that point. He said, I never want to take it there because you can't hold it there. You can't, you can't maintain it there. You get it there and you can pump everybody up, make them jump and shout for a minute, and then you start going down. He said he'd rather take it. Crash it, burn it, get it down to nothing, and then try to build it up on the Word of God. I'm trying to just stir you up emotionally. I, you, you can stir people up emotionally. I play a sad song, a good song, play a country song, lay my head on the railroad track song, 
on Body's Christmas Shoes song. Come on, I, that song, you know, oh, my mama's dying and daddy said ain't much time. Oh, that song just tears me up. Come on, I mean, it does, and then my emotions get involved, and that's okay because we're emotional beings, and you know, God uses us in every aspect of what we are. But then that song goes off the radio, and then that emotion settles back down, and then all of a sudden, there I am facing reality again. This ain't all just about your emotions. This is about some discipline and some faith, believing, acting upon, believing and acting upon that this being true. That mountain, that thing that we're facing, we've got to get our eyes off the physical part of it. You've got to quit looking at that physical thing through physical eyes and start getting your spiritual eyes on. If God said He was going to do it, how many knows God God do it? Anybody got a promise that hasn't come to pass yet? Hold them up high once. God got a promise has not yet come to pass. Anybody got a mountain that has not yet moved? You know, the funny thing is about those mountains, it, it, even when it does move, you run into that same mountain on down the journey. Has anybody ever had a mountain moving in like two months, three months, five years, ten years later? You're like, how in the world am I? I'm not wandering around in the wilderness for 40 years. How's that mountain back? Your enemy has more patience than you do. I, I believe that. I like, to, I like to hammer that in everybody's mind. Your enemy has more patience than you do. He does. He, he, he'll wait for 40 years to make you fall in the same thing that you thought and jumped and danced and twirled and sung a new song about getting delivered from. And 40 years later, that same stinking thing come bite you in the rear end bites you, you're like, oh dear Lord, how did this happen? Joshua and Caleb, you know, they, they, they wanted their mountain. Anybody ever wanted their mountain? And everybody around you does it. You wander around. 45 years later. I'm 85 now. And he still says, give me this mountain. He wanted the mountain. Mountain ain't always you know, we we put that tag mountain on our bad things. We did that. I mean, it's a mountain. It, it, it really, it ain't a mountain. Can I tell you that thing is not a mountain? Mountain's unmovable. We drove yesterday up, up. We went to get a Christmas tree, and we drove a long ways. I like to cut my own tree. And we're driving up through there looking at these mountains, and Malachi was talking about these mountains he had climbed. See, you're from Florida. You don't even know what a mountain is. Yeah, ant hill. That ain't a mountain. Which he did inform me. He's climbed 19,000 feet. That's, a, that's 19,000 feet. He climbed. He didn't uh, reach the summit of that big one. But 19,000 feet, we'd all be sick. But mountains, mountains are everywhere. That, that, thing, the Christian world that tagged our situation as a mountain, we need to throw that out. God can do it. Can I, can I assure you today that that thing that you're facing 
God is well capable, well able, very willing, waiting to bring you an answer and freedom from that thing. If you'll downsize it, I, I pull up to McDonald's and Wendy's and it aggravates me. You want medium or large? I didn't ask for either one of them. I want the regular. I mean, they throw you two options, so you'll say one of them, you know, medium or large. I, I, want, I, I want regular. I say it with a little bit of a tone. Regular. I, regular. I am teaching a weight loss class. I want regular size. It, don't give me options bigger. Right there it is. Get it back down to regular size. We have grasshoppers in their side. They're they going to beat us. We grab that thing so big. Get it down to regular size. Get it off to medium or large. Come on. Get that thing off of medium and large. Extra large. I mean, it is out there. Get it down. Bring it back down. Reel that thing in. Come on, take your mind right now. Reel that problem back in. Bring it back. It ain't large and it ain't medium. It's regular size. That one song, it sounds like life to me. Come on, reel it in. Let's get it back down here where it goes. And let's let God take care of it. Amen? Get it back down to size. God can handle it. Pay taxes from a coin out of a fish's mouth. Come on, God can handle it. Never seen the hungry out begging for bread. Never, never, never seen the righteous out begging for. Never seen the righteous out begging for bread. They're not gonna break. You're not gonna beg for. Well, I've been begging for bread. You don't know what begging for bread is. I can tell by look. Well, no, I'm not saying. I'm not saying it like that. I'm just... I didn't mean nothing like that. I'm talking about when you get into other countries where the, where the bones have nothing but skin, nothing but skin, you, then you understand what begging for bread is. You eat a roach bug if you can catch it. Never seen the righteous out begging for bread. God can handle your situation. It, let, let today be the day that that thing that you're facing is brought back down to size. Well, Tim, you don't know how bad it is. God, let that thing come back down to the size that it ought to be because God can handle it. The person sitting next to you is facing something too. The person in front of you. Look to your left. Look to your right. Look behind you. In front of you. That person's facing something too. You're not alone. You're not on an island to yourself. You're not facing a new problem. You ain't the first. No, you're not. You don't know. No, you're not. You're not the first. You won't be the last. Many have come through. Many dangers. Tolls and snares. We need some Davids. Let's stand it back up on her feet. I'm about done. She's mine. That's okay. See, what I want happen today, somebody come help me on something. 
they know that when you do that, you know, we're we're accustomed to that. Now we're now we're about done. That thing that you're facing, your your own personal situation, day. I, I I want you to just think about it for a minute. Just just think about it. I'm not trying to get you to get any more focus on it. You've been focused on it so long. I've got mine. Been focused on it so long. Just think about it for a minute. That thing. You know these 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 guys in the Bible. They they face stuff that we ain't even can't even relate to. Face stuff. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. This is the key. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Now, now the things that I face, I wish God would take care of. I really want God to take care of them. I, I really do. I've got some things I, I really want God to move. Don't want to deal with them every day. But there are moments in my life that I get around other people that have situations in their life. And you all can relate to this that even though you're thinking about what you're facing, when you're really not just living in that natural realm, but in the spirit realm, you, you come in contact with somebody that's facing something, it may not even be as bad as what you're facing. But when you get in that place, you kind of forget about what you're facing. Momentarily, you don't think about your problem. You wish God could fix theirs. That's the spirit of the Lord. It's, it's, it's putting my thing back here. It's getting out of that natural thinking process, that natural rim, and moving over into the Spirit. God so loved the world, He sent His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth on Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. God thought about everybody else. And that time when you're thinking about everybody else, that's the Spirit of the Lord. And in that moment, what God is desiring to happen is for you to pray for them and believe in your heart and God bring an answer to them. It isn't, isn't it incredible when you watch God answer somebody else's prayer? I mean, isn't it incredible when you can meet somebody else's need? You ever helped somebody with financially God just placed it on your heart? You didn't know about it? Now when you know about it, it's still incredible. But when you didn't even know about it, it just felt impressed. And you helped them and they said, you're an answer to prayer. You're an answer to my prayer. Wow. You don't know how that, that makes you feel. Thank you, Jesus. So what happens is God puts you in situations to pray for people. And here's where the enemy triggers something. Because in that place, I'm going to tell you, God can use you to touch somebody you don't even know. God can put you on assignment and send you to places you didn't even know. Don't know about the situations. God just puts you there. And in that moment, the enemy can trigger something. I know I'm not the only one, or I wouldn't be sharing this, that when you begin to pray, the enemy will remind you of your unanswered prayer. 
Anybody ever been reminded of an unanswered prayer? I mean, I mean, Pastor Hank shares it so well. God, how can I pray for other marriages when my own marriages? Uh, how can I pray for somebody's finances when my own finances? Am, am, am I alone? Have you ever been put in a situation in somebody's life to pray for them in the same very thing that you're facing? And all of a sudden, while I'm in that situation, one of two things happens in the Spirit. I click over into the Word of God in my heart and in my mind. This thing just takes over. When it takes over, when that key and the Scriptures that relate to that and all of this starts flowing out of me, I minister it to them. I pray it over them and I believe it in my heart and God brings an answer to them. Or in that same moment, my thing becomes a mountain. And when that thing becomes a mountain in my mind, and my mind kicks in, all of a sudden I begin to think about my own situation. And my prayer, and my words, and whatsoever things I ask, aren't coming to pass. That's the place we've got to come to that we press past. That's where the battleground is. The result is not for me just to get this mountain out of my life. The result is, is that I overcome and settle once and for all this issue. You can settle your issue today without seeing the manifestation today. There are some things that you believe that I can't take away from you. You've got things that, that you believe so hard that the, that the natural looks 150% opposite of that I can't take away from you because it's settled in your heart. Some of you believe that your children will come back to the house of the Lord and I cannot take that away from you. It doesn't matter what they're doing. They could be drugging it, boozing it, hooking it up, and all the stuff. And everybody looks and say there's no hope. And I couldn't take that away from you if I beat you with a baseball bat. Because it is settled. We look at the natural and we all see in your mountain. And you're saying, no. That's settled. And that person prays for other people. And prodigals come home. We need to settle in the spirit today some issues. We need to take some of these mountains that we're facing. And we need to understand, I need to get that thing I need to get it out from under the magnifying glass. I need to get it off the pedestal. I need to get it from large, medium, down to regular size where I know that I can overcome it and deal with it. So that whatsoever I ask, I want to pray for people and see things happen. I love getting reports from people. That thing that we prayed about, God done it. That hopelessness that I had, God took it away. That daughter that was running, she's come back home. My financial disaster that I was about to lose my business, God had someone that knocked on my door and brought me business, and I don't know how they got my name. Come on, that depression that, that, that was bothering me every night, when you prayed for me, that's the first good night's sleep that I've had. Come on, how many, how many want to help somebody else? How many want to help somebody else? How many in this holiday season would like to help somebody come out of darkness and start walking in light? How many would like to see somebody healed? 
How many would like to see a home put back together? How many would like to see some families back together in the holiday season united with love flowing and not hostility? How many would like to see a prodigal come home? How many would like to see a drug addict set free this holiday season? How many would like to see somebody on Christmas not having to get drunk to feel good? How many would like to see somebody stepping into New Year's with new vision in their heart? I believe it's possible. I believe that it's possible. I believe I will not wait till New Year's. I believe that right now, where you're at today, I believe you can impact somebody's life. And we're going to go out of these doors this morning into a natural, living, breathing world full of people that have all kinds of situations that they're facing. And they want to know what the answer is. And when you 100% believe that Jesus is the reason and Jesus is the answer, you can help somebody. Everybody close their eyes this morning and pray. Just